0: We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. That's what they're doing, but this lady is the hater? 30 years ago, he got famous for putting a crucifix in a jar of urine, but now Pope Francis has invited him to the Vatican, along with this guy, and this guy, and even this guy. It's the Bellarmine moment. Cardinal Mueller is right. It's a hostile takeover of the Catholic Church, and faithful Catholics must resist. Good evening ladies and gentlemen i am michael matt and this is the remnant underground before we get started tonight mark your calendars big deal coming up the catholic identity conference this is the three-day meeting of the clans out in pittsburgh is going to take place september 29th through october 1st we got some big names coming in i will be emceeing the entire event the entire weekend uh and basically we're just gonna face off we take the gloves off and face off against the anti-catholic persecution is taken on head-on the stuff that's already happening to people You're gonna get some victims of that persecution including some guys that have been arrested by the fbi hint hint and we're gonna have some great speakers three bishops several priests uh, a number of lay activists and i hope 800 attendees so sign up today it's gonna be a fantastic weekend bring the children So click the link below to get in on the early bird specials for the Catholic Identity Conference 2023. I hope to see you there. Big news tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I am so proud to let you know that the state of Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, has become a haven for potheads. Oh, gnarly! That's right, we can legally get stoned now up here, just after we abort our babies right up to the moment of delivery, That's, that's legal too, and I suppose right before we castrate our children, which we can do here legally as well. And if any of the children happen to survive, Big Brother is going to give him free college right here in the Socialist Republic of Minnesota. And it's all because, so says our good governor, it's all because he trusts us to make these decisions because, after all, we are adults. Become, I believe, the 23rd state, the 11th other states have uh, homegrown cannabis. But this has been a long journey with a lot of folks involved. Um, What we know right now is prohibition does not work. We've criminalized a lot of folks who are going to start the expungement process on those records, plus the fact of being adults need to make their own decisions. Well, thank you, Timmy Tomato, fat and juicy, full of vitamin C. Well, remember that the next time you lock us out of our churches or threaten to take away our guns, you're going to leave it up to us because we're adults. Really, really good news. Thank you, Thank you, Tim Walls. So some of you asked, why are we not moving out of this lunatical state controlled now 100% by demonic Democrats? Some people are. Some of our friends have moved out. I guess, I guess the reason we're not, at least certainly not yet, is because there's a, a war going on up here. And I don't want to abandon freedom fighters such as this lady. I'm a lawyer, and I'm going to make sure the city council knows, and I'm going to make sure the ordinance is enforced. Well, you yeah. have a nice day. <laughs> can't have sexual-based adult entertainment for children. Like, everybody knows that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. You have okay. a good day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. You're done. give one. Oh, uh, hi. Looking out for the kids because you aren't. Okay, so, like, you know, we got to stay. I got to stay with people like that. There's a lot of people like that who are popping up. Looking out for the kids because you aren't. Looking out for the kids because you aren't. And that's absolutely the reality. Can you believe a young woman like that, a young mom, actually has to make this stand to object to grown men dressing as women and hanging out with little kids? I mean, if they did the same thing outside of a schoolyard, don't the police get called? Yeah, she has to come in and protest this. And our local rag, the Minneapolis Strib. They're outraged. They don't quite, You read the story and you can't quite tell because it's so preposterous, what we just saw, what's going on, that the liberal newspaper, you can't tell, are they protesting the woman or are they protesting the event? They're unhappy, that's for sure about this whole thing. And after all, why, why, why would? I mean, think, think about this for a second. Why would it be that a heterosexual woman, a mom, uh, dra- why would she be so worried that drag queens are coming for her kids? I just can't imagine why that would be. We're here. We're coming for your children. We're here. We're here. We're not going shopping. We're here. We're here. We're not going shopping. We're here. Hmm. Well, you don't suppose that that's the reason that the lady feels a little threatened? do you by, by, by the way the owner of little ruse who took this this video uh, she apparently was under the presumption that everyone is going to share her opinion that the lady that's protesting is just a hater and they're going to they're going to take off on her right but not quite the way it worked out that video this video went viral 10.4 million views for this one why Because people have gotten the impression that these guys really are coming after their kids. (sighs) Can't imagine why. Maybe that's because that's exactly what they're saying they're going to do. Have we lost our minds completely? They're out in the streets of New York City screaming that they're coming for our kids. And the enlightened, I should say benighted, Minneapolis newspaper is upset because there's a woman who doesn't like it. She's afraid that these bearded ladies are going to come for her kids. (laughs) And these people, by the way, these people out in New York City, they're not not a bunch of no-name wackos threatening to take your children. No, these are famous wackos. These are powerful wackos, such as this guy. Do you recognize him? That's Eric Adams. That's the mayor of New York City at the gay pride parade at which people are threatening to take away our children. Don't forget now, we're the haters. Or, or this lady. You know who that is, right? That's Kathy Hochul. She's the governor of New York. How about this guy? Always a crowd pleaser. I was the first. Now, class, let's review. The most powerful Democrat politicians in the country are marching in a parade composed of a bunch of half-naked people whose chant is to threaten us that they're going to come and take away our kids. Now, this, this is criminal, at least it would be if we did it, right? <laughs> if we said we're going to take away the left's children, hey, lefties, we're, we're here and we're coming after your kids. How long do you think we would get away with that? So it is criminal if we were to do it, obviously. But it also looks looks just a little bit sick, twisted, evil, whatever word you want to use, demonic. And so you wonder when you see something like this, where are the religious leaders? <laughs> Where are the bishops, for example, going out there to defend families against having their children taken away by these miscreants? Where are they? I, mean, I guess some of them are speaking out. Not too many Catholic ones. In fact, Dean <laughs> Francis, if you're watching, and we know that you are, this is what your job looks like when someone actually does it. I mean, we are now in the midst of a month where people are bragging about their sin. Can you imagine that? Bragging about their sin. Being proud of their sin. What a terrible world we're in now. People are proud of their sin. It is promoted by government. It's absolutely demonic. No. That's what Pope Francis is supposed to be doing. But here, as you all know, here is what Pope Francis is actually doing, as we showed you last week. Yes, indeed, it's Roberto Bole, Italy's most famous gay dancer at the Vatican, dancing for the kids. <laughs> and that was in June, that was back in Pride Month. Here's what happened this month, this week, in fact, at the Vatican. This is nostro work that la pace. This is a a work made here, and it symbolizes the work for peace. Yes, that's for you. This is for you. Meanwhile, the, the, the dubia, Cardinal Raymond Burke is still waiting for Francis to give him a hearing. Now, a couple of weeks before Mr. Hillary Clinton got to visit Pope Francis in his private home, his private residence, Francis invited Andre Serrano to a prestigious event inside the Sistine Chapel. You say, who? Who's Andre Serrano? Exactly. But us old timers, we still remember this guy. He was the artiste, you know, who achieved international attention back in 1987, long time ago, for photographing a crucifixion scene that he'd submerged in his own urine. The stunt was so blasphemous, in fact, that the late Cardinal George Pell sought an injunction from the Supreme Court of Victoria to restrain the National Gallery of Victoria from publicly displaying this obscenity, this blasphemous obscenity. (laughs) But what did Cardinal Pell know about dialoguing with blasphemers? It's so important, isn't it? Isn't it what Jesus did? Didn't Jesus talk to the tax collectors? You guys ever get tired of these stupid arguments? It's really simple, as Cardinal Muller and so many others have pointed out. Everybody is welcome in the church, but first he must repent his sins and to change his life according to the commandments of God. Do you really not understand the difference with with, with Jesus meeting the woman at the well, telling her to sin no more and showing her mercy versus Francis inviting every yahoo from Bono To Serrano inside the Vatican and never saying a word about repentance? Are you that thick-skulled that you actually think you've got a winning argument there? You folks who are defending this rot. Francis didn't actually say that he approved the blasphemous image. He merely invited Serrano to the event. They took the, the artist right into the Sistine Chapel for a major event with the Pope very exclusive event with the pope and the argument is well that he did this just so that he could dialogue with them (laughs) and by by the way why are these why, why is francis always trying to rehabilitate these decrepit old losers have you heard of andre serrano for a long long time You you probably don't even know, you don't even recognize the name. But for some reason, it was just very important for Francis to get the guy who put Jesus Christ crucified into a jar of urine. Gotta get him to the Vatican for this event. And this guy Serrano is creepy. (laughs) He became infamous for this image, which which we just uh, talked That's his most famous thing that he ever did. Can you imagine? (laughs) But then he had other ones, lesser known works of art each of which includes different bodily fluids, right? Blood, sometimes menstrual blood, semen, for example, his masterpiece, Blood and Semen 2 from 1990, human breast milk. This is a twisted creep. How do you invite a twisted creep like this into the Vatican and then get mad at guys like me for saying, gee, that's shocking. Why are you doing that, holiness? This is my fault. Oh, and did I mention, did I mention Serrano's follow-up to the crucifix in the urine? Did you know what his 1989 follow-up piece of art was? It's the baby Jesus and the mother of God also submerged in this pig's urine. And he gets a visit with the Pope, a special gilded invitation from the Pope. (sighs) I'm not kidding you, someone actually sent me a clip of this guy on YouTube, who considers himself a conservative Catholic, who's trying to, d- to defend this. He's trying to make the argument that getting an invite to the Vatican at that level is not an endorsement of the guy's art, it's just an invitation to dialogue, really? When did the dialogue happen exactly, guy? Did you do any work on this, any research at all? Or are you just making it up because you can't handle the truth? Because you're dead wrong, you know that, right? I mean, according to the Vatican press office, will you accept them, or are they slanderous rad trads too, just to fit your narrative? According to the Vatican press office, Francis invited Serrano as part of the Vatican's effort to get this, because I'm quoting, to proclaim the church's commitment to supporting art, that serves to waken us up call us to new alertness and a new consciousness about issues of social justice end quote <laughs> did you get that chief supporting the art that's why the vatican invited this guy all these guys 200 artists and the only dialoguing anybody noticed was when francis gave the old thumbs up to serrano In fact, Serrano, again, he told the press he was shocked by the invitation to come, but he also said that he was absolutely positive that Francis knew exactly who he was. And he said, and I quote, he gave me a great mischievous smile. But we'll let you decide, because we don't want to be accused of making stuff up here or piling on. So we'll let you decide what happened when the guy that put an image of Jesus into a jar of urine uh, met Pope Francis. I sat and watched that entire thing. It is boring. looks like the Pope is falling asleep through most of it. Nobody was allowed to kiss the ring. Some poor lady tried to, and I I thought he was going to body slam her even at his age. Really boring stuff. But then along comes Andre Serrano, and Francis lights up like a Christmas tree over the guy who put Christ in a jar of urine, and it's my fault that I'm scandalized? I'm the bad guy here? And by the way, do you see the similarity? You know, we're getting scandalized that those of us and, and many, many, many people were scandalized by this, what happened. And we're the ones, we're the bad guys. You know. It's a similarity to the mom that we just showed you walking into the store, scandalized by drag queens getting access to kids, right? And she's the bad guy. You see how these people on the left work, whether it's in the church or in the States, all the same. If you have a natural aversion to the rot that's happening... Well, you need to work on that. Because you're the problem. They're just trying to dialogue. What dialogue? What dialogue? Over there in Rome, Francis, Francis said that Serrano and the fellow artists can help make room for the spirit. During the meeting, the Pope reminded them that with their art, they contribute to the church's mission of evangelization. Voi artisti potete a lasciare spazio allo spirito. He said Serrano is a get this, a visionary and an ally. Under the frescoes of the Sistine Chapel, Pope Francis welcomed 200 artists to celebrate the anniversary of the inauguration of the Vatican Museum's collection of modern and contemporary art. He added that he feels close to the mission carried out by the artists. In questo essere vigenti sentinelle. That's a funny kind of dialogue. Looks a lot like praise, didn't it? Almost hero worship. <laughs> and then just two weeks after that, Francis is again dialoguing, only this time with this guy. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Now, <laughs> again, Bill Clinton? Is he much. in the news? Not that I'm aware of. What's going on here? Why are we having this big deal with Bill Clinton suddenly, of all the people? Because keep in mind, this, this isn't a general audience out in the piazza. This is a private audience. This was not announced, this meeting with, with, uh, with Mr. Hillary Clinton, was not announced to the press beforehand, very unusual, not even in, included in the Vatican's Daily News Bulletin. It, would, it just happened. A special private audience with the most powerful pro-abort, pro-gay marriage, pro-globalism leaders in the world. (laughs) And it just keeps going. I don't know how much you need here to to get the point. Because last month, the private audience was with this guy again. Nice to see you. How are you? Fine. Fine, Uh, uh, This is about photos of every... Every animal, every mm-hmm. single... Wow, that's awesome. And as I say, this week, it's this guy. Thank you very much for No, it's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. And did you notice who was with Clinton? Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. Alex Soros <laughs> was there as well. The new chair of Open Society's foundation... Klaus Schwab's most important global, young globalist leader, of course. An absolute superhero champion of the LGBT lobby worldwide, beloved successor of George Soros. You, 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 th- you think Francis is trying to dialogue with Alex too? Maybe he's trying to convert him? Yeah, that's it, ticket. And think about this. This is happening in the Vatican, in the Casa Santa Marta even, while France, torn apart, and we following this, right? Torn apart by civil war right now, a civil war which is largely the work of, wait for it, Team Soros. So France is burning, but where did the spark come from? Last week's shooting was certainly the trigger, but the embers were already smoking by then. Why? Because of immigration. And try to understand this beyond the left-right binary. France's demography has changed a lot in the last decades. Today, there are seven million immigrants in this country. That's around 10% of the population. So take 10 people and one of them will be an immigrant. Around 13% of them are of Algerian descent. 12% are from Morocco, 4.4% from Tunisia, and 3.8% from Turkey. So these are all non-white people, most of them Arabic, African, and Muslim. What's happening in France is a race war brought on by globalist politicians and the open borders guys. Even the police in France are admitting this. Yeah. People talk about riots, but for those of us who have to deal with it, it's war. Those people who stand in front of us, they're there to kill us. You just can't make it up. France, from, from, from down in Marseille all the way up to Paris and beyond. France is burning. The civil war. France has fallen. Protests sweep across the nation after a teenage boy was shot dead by police. The killing sparking outrage across the country. The calls come after days and days of dramatic scenes across France. These violent riots causing damage, destruction, and even looting. The country being torn apart as authorities grapple with violence and chaos in numerous cities across the country. There is the French for 20 years, or certainly some commentators have described these inner cities as the lost territories of France. So this is where a parallel society has grown up, dominated either by Islamists or um, uh, drug lords. And what are the Catholic leaders doing? Well, I we just told you what, what the Catholic Pope is doing. Francis, he's meeting with Soros, the guy who was largely responsible for France's civil war. And then on the second night of the war, the race war in France, President Macron, another awesome little Catholic, he was hanging out with Elton John's husband and his lovely wife. another one of young, of the young globalist leaders of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. Do you start to get it, friends? Do you see what's going on here? They're literally tearing everything apart in Europe and in the Catholic Church. Because in Rome now, in between meeting with Bill Clinton and Alex Soros, Francis is appointing, it's like he's on a mission to appoint the most radical revolutionaries he can possibly dig up. So now Archbishop Fernandez is the prefect of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. Some of you might not realize that Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith is a powerful office. I mean, that's that's the former holy office, literally. The guard dog office of doctrine, in in the past anyway, had been headed up by such lions as Cardinal Ottaviani years ago, it was the position that Cardinal Mueller held, Joseph Ratzinger held, right? And now it's this guy. You know, the author of this obscene little book here, Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of Kissing. It is exactly what it sounds like. Go ahead and Google it if you got the stomach for it. And in, down in Argentina, when he's an archbishop down there, he even managed somehow to earn failing grades when it comes to cleaning up sexual abuse. Been, didn't care to believe the victims and had a really pretty bad reputation according to bishopaccountability.org. That's not a grade or a rating that you want as a bishop. And yet Francis says, hmm, yeah, he's got a terrible rating on that score. Why don't we put him in, in charge of the, of the Holy Office? What a great idea. Think that's by, by mistake? So just an oversight on Francis? You no, know, Francis knew exactly what he's doing. He said, because they're dismantling the church. This guy Fernandez is the, the author of chapter eight, also, of Pope Francis's 2016 document on marriage, Amoris Laetitiae, which includes the that's the famous, the infamous chapter that includes the footnote, which opens the door to unrepentant public adulterers receiving communion. You remember all that controversy? This guy wrote it. <laughs> and in his first interview, since Francis named him prefect of the DDF. He said that marriage, this just gets, gets complicated, but you, you can follow along at home, I think. He said, uh, marriage in the strict sense is only between a man and a woman. That's good, in the strict sense, because we know these guys are always going to enforce the strict sense of things. But in the strict sense, marriage is between a man and a woman. But if, but if a blessing is given to homosexual couples, he says, that doesn't particularly cause any confusion, well, in that case, we'd have to analyze it and confirm it. Now, those of you who still are looking for, well, where's the, where's the slam dunk? He didn't actually approve it. He didn't say he was going to do it. You just don't know what's been going on ever since the Second Vatican Council. They've been using the same M.O., they use ambiguous language, they get their foot in the door, and then they slam it shut. This has been re- reported not just by the rad trad outlets, unless, <laughs> unless the, uh, the critics now are the defenders of Pope Francis, consider the pillar and first things to be rad trad outfits, and if that's the case, well, good luck to you. But look at that, that, that headline, this guy is a preacher of chaos, and that's exactly what he is. So you can either dig your head in again in the sand and say, it's just a lot of rad-tread, uncharitableness, and we're just slandering. Poor Pope Francis, he's trying to do such a heck of a good job. Or you can start waking up. You can start getting real. You can start growing up and facing the reality here. Chaos. They're making a chaotic mess of the church in her human element, as we always say. And it's on purpose. Church and her divine element, friends, is fine. Not worried about it. The church and her human element has been totally infiltrated. The basis of the church is the word of God, is a revelation, and not our uh, strange uh, reflections about this and this things this is a system of self-revelation and is a, the occupation of the catholic church is a is a hostile takeover mm. of the church of jesus christ and jimmy martin was right francis is now pretty much making up his own doctrines as he goes along he has i know you know for a fact he has friends who are lgbt he speaks to them um you know I've, I spent a half an hour with him uh, last year uh, speaking about LGBT issues, so he's well-informed, and he may have developed his own doctrine. Now, (laughs) unless you happen to be a Jesuit these days, you know very well that by making up his own doctrine, Francis places himself in direct contradiction of millennium-old teachings of the Catholic Church, right, up to and including that of the first Vatican Council's Pastor Eternus, chapter 4, paragraph 6, for those of you taking notes, in which the Church teaches that, quote, for the Holy Spirit was promised to the successors of Peter, not so that they might by his revelation make known some new doctrine, but that by his assistance they might religiously guard and faithfully expound the revelation or deposit of faith Transmitted by the apostles, end quote. Well, so you tell me. How exactly does inching closer and closer to blessing same-sex unions, which is what we're going to have here very soon, how does that religiously guard and faithfully expound the revelation or deposit of faith transmitted by the apostles? It doesn't. People say, well, that's just, you know, that's just Jimmy Martin talking about Francis's. Well, he said it publicly, right? He said that Francis has now approved gay unions. He said that the bishops of Poland and the United States are going to have to rethink their position on gay unions because they're using the old doctrines of the faith, the moral theology of the faith. Well, I I think one thing it says is that uh, the the bishops, um, who are many in different countries, are uh, sort of uh, violently against uh, civil unions are going to have to rethink their positions. You know, you often have bishops in the United States and and especially in places like Poland who say that they are a threat to traditional marriage. Now you have the Pope saying he supports them. That's Jimmy Martin. Was Jimmy Martin wrong? Well if he was wrong, if he's making stuff up, you know what that would be? That would be massively scandalous slander against Francis so if jimmy martin is engaging in massive slander like that against francis why do you suppose it is that francis just personally appointed jimmy martin to be one of the u.s members of the synod on synodality in october why do you think that is kind of weird huh that jimmy martin along with Blaise soupich cardinal william gregory cardinal robert mcelroy That's the team that's going to go to Rome to represent us. Ladies and gentlemen, our Bellarmine moment is here. We've we've gone over this before, but it's time to get serious. (laughs) Remember, St. Robert Bellarmine, doctor of the church, said, therefore, just as it would be lawful to resist a pontiff invading a body, so is it lawful to resist him invading souls Or disturbing a state and much more if he should endeavor to destroy the church I say it is lawful to resist him by not doing what he commands and by blocking him lest he should carry out his will end quote but the point is we have doctors of the church who are talking about popes who can go so far off the rails that they actually began to try to attempt to destroy the church. Bellerman doesn't say they cease to be popes. Matter of fact, he says we can't even judge them if they do that. But we must resist them if they're trying to destroy the church. So no, I'm not a saint of a contest. And neither was Bellarmine. <laughs> I am perfectly content to let history and a future pope judge Francis. And declare whether or not you know he retained his office during this period. That's for somebody else. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> but what we are doing... What we know we have to do is we have to resist him because if we don't resist him, we eventually are going to be resisting the teachers and teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and 2,000 years of infallibly defined teachings of the church. What are you going to do? You're going to go with that or are you going to go with Francis? I'm going with, with, with the church. I'm going with Jesus Christ against Francis. And so what we're doing now is we're because we don't know what else to do. All we know is the faith comes first. What we're doing is we're building a worldwide coalition that is willing to say quite simply that whatever Francis is, we will devote ourselves and our energies to resisting him to his face. That's it. That's all we know how to do. You believe this synodal process is really, Mm -hmm. it's shaping up into a hostile takeover of the church, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an attempt to destroy the church. Is that what you see here? Yeah, if if they will succeed, that will be the end of the Catholic church. And we must resist. And if he's not the pope, fantastic. If he is the pope, fantastic. (laughs) Somebody else will figure that out down the road. Nothing changes. All I know is I don't have the authority to make that declaration. And so nothing changes as far as what I'm doing and what I have to do in conscience. Because my resistance to Pope Francis, I don't take it lightly. I understand it. My family has been in the Catholic press apostolate for 150 years, defending the papacy, defending the infallible teachings of the church. I understand what I'm talking about here. I do not resist a pope lightly, but I do not, before God, I do not have an option now because Francis has made it so. And this resistance to the pope is between me and God, not you, not anybody in this audience who's going to lecture me about how you can't do that. That's not right. You must declare that he's not the pope if you're going to resist him. No, no. That's not it. It's my conscience that matters. And I resist him to his face. It's a matter of conscience for me. And if you can't handle that, if you can't resist him in good conscience without making some dramatic declaration, that's your business. We're in the middle of a massive demonic crisis in the church. And you know what? I see no point... (laughs) No point in making the big declaration that the Pope's not the Francis isn't the Pope. Because you know who would love that? You know who would so love it if we all did that? Team Francis, they would be thrilled. That's what they want to do. They wanna push us out. They want us to say the things that we can't defend. They wanna isolate us, put us in the tall grass and the fever swamps, not gonna do it. Because you know what, before this is over, I envision a time it will be, will be possible for us to use Francis to promote and restore tradition just as the one-worlders are using him right now to promote globalism. Because let's just face it, Francis every day is becoming, he's jumping the shark just a little bit more every day. He's becoming then almost like a Dr. Frankenstein every day. You know, he comes closer to euthanizing the Novus Ordo monster right in front of our eyes. Because think about how many people now are looking at Francis and going, what is he doing? He just invited that guy that put the crucifix in urine to the Vatican? Something's wrong over there. As my friend put it, I suspect he'll be declared an invalid pope in the future. But for now, as pope... Francis is ensuring the self-destruction of the post conciliar church and all the modernist heresy within it. It's the one thing he's really good at. (laughs) Friends, you know, as you know, I never end these shows on a negative or a depressing note. And my whole thing is don't let Francis, please don't let Francis, think of all the great popes in history, all the beloved saints, Pius X. Pius V, Lepanto, the hero popes. We're not talking about uh, warring against the papacy. We're not talking about throwing the popes away or discarding the theology of the papacy because of a guy like Francis. It's just one bad pope that went off the rails. Dante put popes like that in hell, right? Michelangelo painted them in hell. This is sort of a, some, a modern sensibility that, that you can't criticize the Pope. The Pope is perfect. You see? Like the Neo-Catholics and the, and the Saint of Icontus are flip sides of the same coin. Can't criticize the Pope. Pope can, make no, can do no wrong. We don't want to be that. We're not in there, friends. In the middle is where the truth is. So I ask you, please, in closing tonight, read my lips, if you will. I'm not, I'm not sitting in judgment of the Pope. I'm simply resisting what he's trying to do. I'm resisting his novelties. I'm not despairing. My faith is stronger than ever. You know why? Because even after all this time, hell has not given up on trying to destroy the Catholic Church, right? You think they were just given up on it by now. <laughs> but they're not. You know why? Because the Catholic Church always comes back. So right now, they're desperately trying to use the papacy to destroy the church. It's going to fail. It's not going to work. Francis is going to, is already, He's already exposed himself so badly that folks all over the world are identifying as traditional Catholics. They don't know what else to do. i don't leave in the church. I'm a father to seven children. And my family and my, my children, my wife and children, drive one hour every Sunday, one way, to attend a diocesan-approved Latin Mass. Thanks be to God. And I know a lot of you are in the same boat out there. And by the way, Francis has not ordered us, has not ordered me to do a single thing. He's not ordered me to do anything at all. I don't even have to disobey him, in other words. I simply have to look at the established teaching of the church, the infallible teaching of the church, and look what Francis is saying, and say, well, that's a contradiction. I went through 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years of Catholic schools. My parents, we had nine children, and and I have eight siblings, nine children. My parents put all nine children through Catholic schools, right, including Catholic colleges, I went through, kind of graduated Catholic colleges. So as soon as the Vatican wants to send me a reimbursement check, Because everything that we learned in Catholic schools was wrong and was rigid. As soon as they want to send us a check, that maybe we'll reconsider. But at the moment, we were trained in Catholic schools, and everything we're hearing from the Vatican right now is in contradiction to that. As my friend, the late John Veneri said, I would not trust Bergoglio to teach my children catechism. Well, either would I. So we have to resist the errors of this errant Pope. And we've got to continue to raise our children in the traditional Catholic faith of our fathers. Nothing really changes for us, friends, right? Despite what's happening. So we pray for Francis every night. We pray for his conversion. But quite simply, friends, if Pope Francis wants to go to hell, that's his business. But I'm sure as hell I'm not going to follow him there.